Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Cover the Weekend podcast. Lots to get to this week. A lot of college uh, football that I've uh, sunk my teeth in, and I'm uh, happy to share and ready to share with you. Suspicious lines. And, of course, NFL, where uh, we're continuing to uh, hammer away at winning picks. Another two winners last week. Another good week last week in college as well, uh, four and two. And then again, as I mentioned, a perfect two and zero in the NFL. So um, based on the feedback I'm getting through the DMs and on Twitter, a lot of people are cashing, making some money. That's what we're all about. And I'm happy about that. Let's get right to it. College football, Houston at Kansas State, 9 a.m. Pacific start. Kansas State is a 17-point favorite here uh, for this matchup in Manhattan. The Houston defense cannot stop the run. As you recall, we were on Houston last week against Texas. I thought they matched up well. As I mentioned, they were a click below Texas in, in many categories, but I felt not enough to be a nearly 24-point underdog. They're a big dog here, 17 points. That's a big number. Uh, but Houston, like I mentioned, they cannot stop the run. 77th in the nation when it comes to stopping, uh, stopping the run. That'll be a problem for the Cougars as Kansas State's run game on offense can really go. Averaging over five and a half yards per rushing attempt, Kansas State um, can really uh, get things going offensively with the ground game. Uh, Kansas State's dual QB setup has made them stronger, in my opinion, offensively and makes the offense even more dynamic. Uh, I really like uh, what Kansas State's bringing to the table this year. Uh, I think it's a good move by Coach uh, Coach Kleiman to get um, those two quarterbacks involved. I think the loss at Oklahoma State a few weeks ago really woke this team up. I think K-State's offense, which is averaging over 40 points at home, will get the job done on Saturday. That's Kansas State's homecoming as well. Kansas State, minus 17. It's a little uh, high number. But I think Houston went all out against Texas, and uh, Kansas State's going to be ready to roll on Saturday. Kansas State, minus a 17. We stay in the Big 12 with Iowa State visiting Baylor at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. Iowa State Cyclones are two-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Uh, Iowa State's defense really stands out as the best group on the field for this matchup. Um, And the Cyclones' defense is leaps and bounds better than what the Baylor Bears bring to the table on that side of the ball. Uh, Baylor is shown to have a very poor running game, and they've struggled mightily at home this season. Uh, maybe they turn around this game. I, I don't see that. I, I've been pretty uh, pretty impressed with how Iowa State has played. They're battle-tested. They've played some very good teams so far in 2023. And their offense is not elite by any stretch, but they do an excellent job in protecting the ball. They don't turn the ball over. Uh, especially when an offense goes on the road. It's something I like to see that they're not turnover prone. This simply is not a good Baylor team, going back to Baylor. It's a reset year for them, and I'm not seeing them uh, beating Iowa State here. My number says Iowa State by six. The line right now is minus two and a half, so that works for me. Iowa State minus two and a half on Saturday as they visit Baylor. Moving along now to ECU at UTSA. Lots of letters there. East Carolina um, is visiting in a big underdog, uh, 1230 Pacific from the Alamo Dome. UTSA is an 18.5-point favorite here against an ECU team that has only one win this season uh, against six losses. Uh, The only win for the Pirates coming against FBS Gardner-Webb. 
UTSA has beat up on some very bad teams of late and get another subpar group here this week in ECU. I'm not trying to paint the picture that ECU is a, a good team or a powerhouse by any stretch. But as far as UTSA goes, there's nothing explosive about their offense, and I don't think that there's enough there to warrant this point spread pushing 20 points. ECU has enough of a rush defense to keep UTSA from fully controlling the narrative from an offensive standpoint, at least, in this game. And I think ECU's defense will do enough to not allow this thing to get out of hand. I think it's too many points. Going with ECU plus the 18.5. Next up, as I mentioned, we got a lot of college to go through. Here's another one. Miami of Ohio. Uh, at Ohio, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. I was asked on Twitter if I was going to cover uh, any of the Miami games, Dolphins or... Um, uh, or the Hurricanes, interestingly enough, this morning before recording the podcast. And interestingly interestingly enough, excuse me, I am covering a Miami team, but that's Miami of Ohio. Uh, they're seven and a half point underdogs at their rival Ohio here in this MAC matchup. Both of these teams have good defenses. However, Miami of Ohio's defense is peaking, in my opinion, and they stand currently as a top 10 defense in the nation when it comes to yards per play allowed. That's right up there. Um, with a lot of really good teams, Iowa, Ohio State, similar numbers on the road in yards per play. So Miami of Ohio can get it done on defense. And uh, as I mentioned over and over, defense travels, and I really like good defenses on the road when they are uh, underdogs. Miami of Ohio did uh, lose their starting quarterback in Brett Gabbert. He, he sustained a really bad leg injury um, this past weekend versus Toledo, and hopefully he recovers. That, that was pretty ugly. Um, Gabbard is out for the year, but the Red Hawks do have a very good backup in Avian Smith, and he adds the added dimension of being able to run the ball a bit. Uh, I, I think Miami of Ohio will step up here. I don't know if they win this game, but in this rivalry game uh, with a good defense, seven in the hook is, is good enough for me. Give me the underdog with a strong defense. Miami of Ohio plus seven and a half. Staying with college, another game I'll be on this weekend is Ole Miss hosting Vandy. As you all know, I have no love for Vandy. They look like the 86 Bears for maybe half a quarter there against Georgia a couple weeks back uh, defensively. Or is it the 85 Bears? I think it's 85 Bears. But uh, I can't wait to see what this Ole Miss offense does in Oxford to this very bad Vanderbilt D. A little less than a quarter of looking good against Georgia does not erase the fact that this defense is absolutely terrible. And uh, Ole Miss's offense, in my opinion, will roll here. I don't like taking favorites, usually um, laying this many points. But my numbers in this game show Ole Miss by uh, Ole Miss by 28, 28 and a half. So 24 and a half works for me here. Take the home favorite, uh, Ole Miss Rebels, minus 24 and a half. We can't go yes, it's time. Suspicious lines. suspicious lines. Yes, indeed. Suspicious Lines is back. Uh, this week, we hit it last week uh, with the NFL game, Browns and uh, Colts. And this week, we're looking at the NFL again. The suspicious line of the week is the Lions, minus eight, hosting the Raiders. Yes, the Lions, who threw a stinker uh, versus Baltimore last week, is favored by slightly over touchdown versus a Raiders team um, that has some QB questions, although it looks like Garoppolo's going, which makes this especially uh, good to look at as a suspicious line. Uh, word has it that Garoppolo will be back and starting, which, which is important in a game like this. 
I think the Raiders' defensive front can create some problems for Jared Goff, who's not as mobile as uh, the young Bears QB from last week, last week Badgett, which um, the Raiders try to pressure. But he was pretty pretty good at, at, at getting out of the pocket and, and making things happen with his athleticism. Jared Goff is not necessarily that type of quarterback. I'm not saying the Raiders are going to dominate this game or anything like that. But I think that Raiders D-line might be a difference maker and make this game uh, be a component of making this game closer than that eight-point spread. Also, 90% of the money is on the Lions here, yet uh, sportsbooks are staying put. The line remains stingy at minus eight. So if uh, you, like many others, are going to jump on Detroit um, this in this week's NFL card, uh, be very careful. I almost made the Raiders a podcast play at plus eight, but uh, we'll just leave it here with the suspicious line of the week. So be careful if you're jumping on uh, Detroit at uh, minus eight. All right, on to NFL plays. Last week was a perfect two for two as a pair of mild underdogs came through with the Colts and the Bears um, covering the spread. Uh, Bears winning outright. The Colts almost got there, but uh, two for two, not complaining. Again, uh, doing really well with NFL uh, plays, and I hope you've been making uh, some money off of those. First game on the NFL card that uh, I'm going to take a look at here. Um, Sunday night, LA Chargers hosting the Chicago Bears. The Chargers sit as eight and a half point favorites at the moment. Um, as I mentioned, one of the NFL podcast plays last week was Chicago, who won outright versus the Raiders at home. This week, however, I jump off of the Bears and we'll be betting against them. Here's why. Last week versus the Chiefs, the Chargers were deep in the red zone, down seven points. Um, third quarter, when a batted ball off of Justin Herbert pass landed right in the hands of a KC defender to end that drive. That could have possibly tied the score going into the fourth quarter. Uh, some of the the NFL talk, um, not necessarily tweets, but you know, podcasts and other uh, YouTube stuff, when they talk about the Chiefs, they talk about how they dominated the Chargers and how the Chargers are, are really bad. I'm, I'm not defending the Chargers as, as being a good team. I think the coaching, obviously, that's kind of well known. They're, they're not very well coached. But I don't see them as being dominated by the Chiefs uh, last week. Actually, the Chargers were right in that game until a couple of um, things happened. That batted ball I talked about freak incident it flew up in the air and landed right in the hands of a KC defender ended that drive could have scored the game uh, I did not see any KC receivers blow by any Chargers defensive backs but Patrick Mahomes as he often does was able to scramble enough to allow his receivers to find holes especially Travis Kelsey so it, it was just good well it, it was bad defensive game planning by the Chargers as usual and some good offensive play by by KC with what arguably is the best quarterback in the league. The Chargers are coming off a pair of very tough opponents in the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and they'll get some class relief at home on Sunday versus uh, Chicago versus an uh, inexperienced quarterback that I think uh, may have some problems um, on Sunday. Chargers are still a top 10 NFL team when it comes to yards per play. Their offense is still very potent, uh, and I believe uh, they will be able to move the ball in a Bears defense that really isn't very good. I'll be on the home favorite here. I think the Chargers win by at least 10, and we'll take them at minus 8.5. Other NFL games that I'll be on on Sunday is the Packers, plus 1. I think Minnesota went all out uh, Monday night in beating the uh, 49ers. Packers are rested. Uh, I still think Matt LaFleur is a good coach, and I think he'll have a good game plan here. 
against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota did a good job defensively, but Brock Purdy made some pretty bad throws. It wasn't like he was trying to force some stuff. One of the interceptions he had was terrible. And, of course, you had the other strip receiver stripping the defender situation that led to a Minnesota touchdown. So kind of a strange game on Monday. And there's a reason why Minnesota, uh, th- this game is nearly a pick The Packers have not looked that good. So this plus one could be suspicious maybe, but I think the Packers will take care of business at home against Minnesota. Minnesota will have, I think, uh, um, will have a little bit of a, of a downturn this week based off of the all-out effort on Monday night and the short week going into a division game versus Green Bay. Uh, second game I like, 49ers plus three and a half. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they're back at home, and their defense should take care of business here against the Bengals. Uh, and uh, really lead the Niners to a win and a cover. The hook is a little troubling because I I don't think this game is going to be a double-digit win for the Niners. I think it'll be a close game, but I think at the end, the Niners should get this done by five or six points. That's what I believe anyway. Uh, I think home cooking is what the Niners need right now. And uh, the Bengals coming off a bye, we'll we'll see how they do. There's still, to me, some issues with their offense. And it's just, I don't think you roll into San, San Francisco uh, and your offense all of a sudden perks up and does well. Um, so I, I, don't just, I just don't think this is a good spot for the Bengals. And this line dropped actually when Sam Darnold uh, was mentioned as the likely starter because Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. So uh, three and a half is fine with me. That's San Francisco minus three and a half. And um, I'm happy to get them at that number. So that's the rundown, everybody, at Sportsbook Tom on Twitter. If uh, you want to get at me, uh, feel free to direct message me or just get me on Twitter. Also, please, if you can leave a uh, review and hit the five-star button, that helps the algorithm for the podcast as we uh, move up the charts in Apple. But that's all on you, and I appreciate the support uh, for the podcast and also very happy that we've been making money this football season and a lot of it. So may all your bets be winning ones, and take care, everybody, and good luck with all your bets this weekend.